Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Arcand and Kyrie on WEEI. We're going to go ahead and, and start, Jarrett, uh, the last couple games of the season here. Um, you know, we're, none of us is happy with where we're at, um, but we think it's a, an opportunity to, um, you know, evaluate a younger player who hasn't had much time to play. Um, you know, uh, talking to Derek, uh, who was great, um, you know, he understands uh, the scenario that we're in and the situation and um, very supportive of the two young guys. Uh, the, those three guys obviously have worked together hand in hand all year and um, you know, he'll do anything he can to help them. So, um, you know, that's what we're going to do. Um, and obviously we're, uh, you know, started into our preparation for what I think probably is um, the best, you know, uh, football team top to bottom that we've played. All right, that's Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Vegas Raiders. Still alive. But uh, going into their final two games, which it doesn't matter. They have to win the games, obviously. But a lot of other stuff has to happen for them to have even a, uh, a puncher's chance here. And um, they're benching their quarterback, Derek Carr, going with Stid the Kid, Jared Stidham. He'll be the uh, starting QB there. Uh, also, we have the Patriots injury report. We'll uh, circle back to McDaniels in a second. Your non-participants, Yadni Kajust, an illness. Damian Harris, not injury-related but personal. wasn't there today. Uh, Jack and Marcus Jones both out. Knee for Jack. Concussion for Marcus. Jalen Mills with the groin out. Devontae Parker, concussion still out. Jonu Smith, concussion out. And Adrian Phillips out with an illness. Limited today were Hunter Henry, Jonathan Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and Tyquan Thornton. So... There you go. Uh, that's the uh, that's the injury report. Not looking great for these defensive backs. No, and the other thing too is I just checked the injury report yesterday because Johnu Smith was not on it. Yeah, but here it shows that he was out with a concussion two straight days. So that's an, I mean it was probably just an oversight. Um, but I I thought that was interesting. Weird, so yeah. so Johnu Smith has been out for two days with a concussion. That means he's probably not going. I mean at, at this rate we'll have to see. But I thinking he's not going to play. Hunter Henry also got, you know, him and John who got clipped on uh, one of those crossing routes, and he was out with a knee injury. It was limited. So you're hoping he's going to play. What's your plan at tight end? It's going to be Scotty Washington again. That I mean, that's starting to become a problem, too. Was Jonathan Jones on the list yesterday? Jonathan Jones was, yes. Yeah. So, okay. so Jonathan right. Jones with a chest injury. I mean, I believe he was Imagine on the if he doesn't play. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I believe Jonathan Jones was on the injury report last week as well. Okay. And, he, and he played through whatever this chest ailment is. So, I mean, I expect that all uh, Hunter Henry I'm going to have to see on because his injury was the most recent. But all of those guys, Thornton, Stevenson, and Jonathan Jones were all, I believe, on the injury report last week limited. They all played. That would be my guess is that they're all going to play this week, these—I mean—the non-participants. 
you know, I mean, Kajust, I mean, that's probably not going to matter as much because mm. Connor McDermott's been playing fine at right tackle. But yeah, the cornerback, uh, the cornerback position is, is that's really devastating against this against these two teams, Buffalo too. I mean, I I don't think they had a chance even if everyone was playing against Buffalo, but certainly against Miami with Bridgewater, you think there'd be a chance there. And I know that two thirds of these guys are rookies anyway, but. Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, I thought, made impacts this year in their own way. Marcus in a lot of ways, but Jack Jones, I mean, you saw him uh, ball hawking early on yes. in the year. And yeah. I know he sort of fell off after that, but, I mean, there's definitely the, the raw tools there. And Jalen Mills is a veteran uh, defensive bat. They just they need bodies out there. Yeah, and, I mean, you would rather have Jack Jones than Sean Wade. Definitely. That, that's a million percent. I'd rather have him than uh, Bryant, too. Um, you know, I mean, I just think that that's a, that's a no-brainer there. Um, back to Josh McDaniels for a second, because I saw something on Yahoo today that uh, made me pause for a second. Uh, Jordy McElroy, who I'm not familiar with, but I was reading his stuff today, uh, wrote this. He said, one big reason why the Patriots should pump the brakes on bringing back Bill O'Brien. And it says, the Matt Patricia era has gone so horrendously wrong for the Patriots, that Bill O'Brien's possible return has been treated like the second coming of Andy Reid. In comparison to Patricia, O'Brien is the creme de la creme of offensive coordinators. But let's not act like Nick Saban is doing Bill Belichick a solid by letting him go back to the NFL. The pitchforks in Tuscaloosa have been out for quite some time yeah. after a clear offensive drop-off for the Crimson Tide, which... I haven't been following Alabama as close lately. No, is that, that it's that, really been bad? That, huh? that's, that's absolutely something I've heard, and it's not. And again, all those right, hillbillies been calling Paul Feinbaum, yelling and screaming about O'Brien. <laughs> Roll damn tide! <laughs> but I mean, like, look, I mean, Bryce Young still looks good, but the offensive line around him has not been as good. The receiving core, I mean, I mean, they're, they're still Alabama. They still got talent, but. They don't have that elite talent that they have had for all those years where they're just replacing guys, right? right. Um, you know, it's it's like, yeah, Henry Ruggs one year and then Jamison Williams the next. I mean, that, that quite hasn't that hasn't quite been a thing. And so I think that a lot of people are are frustrated with the output given the fact that they are Alabama and the fact that they have Bryce Young, who quite honestly might be the best he might be the best Alabama quarterback we've seen. Really? Yeah, he, he's better than Mac Jones. Hmm. He's definitely better than Mac better Jones. Better than Tua, better than... I think he's better than Tua, too, yeah. Who was the guy with the girlfriend that... Uh... A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron, yeah. <laughs> Not the quarterback girlfriend? It's like, yeah, no. A- I mean, A.J. McCarron was like the definition of average. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the best Alabama quarterback I've seen. For okay. Sure. So, and and, and to, again, you didn't even make you didn't make the playoff this year. Right. I mean, and, and last year you got... I mean, then again, you're probably going to get humiliated anyway because Georgia's defense was wow. Yes. Um, and then losing Jamison Williams in that game didn't help. But, yeah, this year I think people really expected a lot, and I've seen a lot of Alabama people saying, yeah, be careful what you wish for with B.O.B. because it's not like he's he's just going to come in and immediately you're going to have the top offense in the league. Yeah. Um, McElroy goes on to write, look, I'm not saying the Patriots shouldn't try and replace Patricia with O'Brien. That move would be a no-brainer if it's on the table. But at the same time, it's a move that should be put on ice with the Josh McDaniels Las Vegas Raiders catastrophe escalating. McDaniels announced Wednesday that Derek Carr was being replaced by Jarrett Stidham. Things have even developed to the point where Carr won't be the backup. The franchise quarterback will take an early season exit, and if owner Mark Davis thought cries for McDaniels firing were bad before, then wait until he hears the backlash after this latest controversy. Stidham potentially stinking it up against the best defense in football seems inevitable, as does the possibility of the black hole feasting on its own coach. If Davis finally steps in and drops the hammer on this charade, 
Belichick and company could move right in and grab the burped up bones of McDaniels and hightail it back to New England. Now, I'll say that's a very nice way of putting that, by the way. Um, I'll say this. It doesn't seem likely, especially since we read earlier in the year, that the Raiders are so cash-strapped that they can't fire Josh McDaniels because they can't afford to replace him. So, I mean, that whole thing is just kind of hilarious in and of itself, in Vegas of all places. But uh, could that be something worth waiting for if you're Bill Belichick? You know, here's McDaniels. It worked with this guy. We know it worked with Mac. Uh, at least enough to give them a, a, a fighter's chance out there uh, against these NFL defenses. It's not working right now. Should we go with what works? Should we wait out Josh McDaniels and see if he gets uh, fired like Hackett did? I mean, to me, that's such a sad statement. Isn't it? <laughs> right? I mean, the idea that like we, we can't find a competent offensive coordinator anywhere else. So we've, got, we've literally got to wait for this guy to go get a head coaching job, get fired, and then come back. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I, to, to me, no. I, I just I, – and, you know, I don't think that's worth – waiting for like oh yeah let's go with matt patricia or or, or you know what this year I didn't work with matt patricia let's go with joe judge this year and 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 wait it out until josh mcdaniels comes back again bill belichick is 70 years old how much longer is he going to wait right i mean let, let, let's say he hangs on just long enough to beat shula's record i mean if we're being very optimistic if they're able to put together a couple of winning seasons that's three years it's probably going to be more like four because it's like i don't know like 22 wins or something like that he needs i have to look at what his counter is right now but i mean you don't have that long why are you going to sit up there and, and just wait for another guy to fall into your lap one of your old guys right right that he's already left and come back like why do we need to do this again i mean if, if you really want your, your continuity that bad, you want one of your own guys, Bill, Bill O'Brien is right there. Go ahead and bring him back. He did well when he, when he had the job the first time around. With I Tom mean, Brady, he did, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Tom Brady could look, make a lot of people look good. I don't, <laughs> know if he could, I don't know if he could make Matt Patricia look good, but that's another story. <laughs> I, but again, I think that this goes back to the, some of the conversations we've been having throughout the week. It's that, man, do we really want to keep seeing this? Do we do we really need to be like Just okay keep running it back over and over? Yeah, again. so so it's like okay, yeah, Bill O'Brien. Let's say he goes ahead and uh, you know comes back and he's here for two years, gets another job. You want to wait until Bill O'Brien flames out of his next job and then okay, Bill, you want to come back or you know Josh McDaniels? Okay, well he gets fired two years from now. Hey, Josh, you want to come back? Because Bill O'Brien just left. You want to cycle back in? Come on. Come on, it's got to be something better than that. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you, you sort of look at where things are right now, and anything looks better. You know, you talk about, like, the grass being greener. Every blade of grass in the world is greener than Matt Patricia and what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. I think that's like, it's like having dirt in one yard and any kind of grass in the other yard. And that's sort of what you're looking for, just anything, anything. Um, and, uh, you know, you start, to, you start to look at those things that way. And I think that with McDaniels in particular, you know, you saw another coach in that very division get fired this year. I don't think that the Raiders were as bad as the Broncos, as Jackson pointed out at the top of the show. Yeah, the Broncos are terrible. The Broncos are worse. The Broncos are a bigger disappointment. The Broncos are a bigger embarrassment. Firing their coach made sense. I don't know if it makes sense to fire Josh McDaniels right now, but I will say this. I do believe that Raiders fans would have preferred they stick with Carr and fired McDaniels than the other way around. All yeah. right, then benching Carr and McDaniel's, you know, playing Stidham. I think that most, if you asked any Raider fan, they say no. I'd rather they fired McDaniel's and let Carr be the quarterback. Man, it, it just caught me thinking about. I wonder what people would prefer here. It's like, <laughs> it's a good question. At this point, uh, do do you want you want Bill O'Brien? You do you want you know Bill Belichick to stick around and he's playing with Bailey Zappi, or you know do you want to you know like you know, fire Bill and you know stick with the quarterback or whatever? I mean, these are the kinds of questions people have a- have been asking of late. Who sticks around longer? Is it going to be 
does you know Josh or, or rather sorry I'm getting my teams crossed now because <laughs> because because we've got that situation over there like would you want Bill Belichick to stick around longer or Mac Jones because I mean Mac Jones you could argue like I mean, if you're Robert Kraft who would you rather invest in yeah kind of, yeah that for, sort for, of question? for the long term because you know that Bill Belichick is probably done within five years yeah well if the answer is Mac Jones then you probably move on from Bill now don't you like if the answer to that question is Mac Jones then I think the onus is on Kraft to move on from Bill and start putting something together around Mac Jones. If this is who you're investing in, if this is who you care about, you've seen this coach ruin him in the second year with this ridiculous offense. Wouldn't now be the time? If Mac Jones is your guy, if Mac Jones is the man, and I've heard people call in and say this, no, 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 Mac Jones is better than this. You can't bench him for Zappy. You can't get another. You can't trade him for Derek Carr. can't do anything. Stick with Mac Jones. All right, if you're sticking with Mac Jones, then I think that means you have to cut ties with Bill. If that's what you're doing, if you're going to invest in him long term, then I think you have to move on from Bill ASAP. See, I don't know. I feel like it's it's all a little bit too dire, and I, I do think that, Again, we've we've had a situation where Bill Belichick was here and Mac Jones was good because they had better offensive coaches. Right. And I think it's just I think it's just about Bill Belichick. Again, if if he's the guy we've been led to believe that he can self scout this and say, look, okay, that maybe that wasn't what we wanted or or we thought it would be fine. We were just waiting it out until Bill O'Brien could come back and it didn't work out the way we wanted. So hopefully, there's no lasting damage done. And 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 I just I just feel like there's. There is a world in which these two can coexist. I don't think it has to be a hundred percent either one. I feel like the other thing too here is that if you if you're that worried about okay, Mac Jones isn't the guy, then why would you move on from Bill Belichick? I'm, I'm not necessarily saying right. that that's what you're saying, but I know that a lot of people are like, yeah, uh, Mac Jones isn't going to be my ten year quarterback. You know, I'm not signing him to you know four or five years, thirty five million per, thirty million per. So if that's true, then I then. You don't necessarily think about throwing, you know, kicking Bill to the curb here. So. No, but that means you're investing in Bill to rebuild it. And how many years is that going to take? Or, and how or many like, years yeah. is he willing to even stick around and do it for? Yeah, it's like, or you're you're investing in Bill Belichick to set up his succession plan. Yeah, and do you think the Crafts think that Mac Jones is the guy, or are they just kind of just standing behind Belichick? Well, Kraft said he's a fan of Mac Jones. I mean, he did say that when he had that big speech about we want to win a playoff game this year. He talked about being a fan of Mac Jones. So I don't know. I think it's hard to be a fan of Mac Jones this year. Uh, the way he's playing and his you know questionable stuff on the field makes it sort of tough this season. But uh, that's a question we're going to dive into a little bit more coming up in the next segment. Um, Bill Belichick, if they get knocked out. If they get knocked out this weekend, what is Bill Belichick's future here with the Patriots after a, another season without a playoff win and this time without even a playoff appearance taking a step back from what you did last season in just about every way? We'll get to that next right after the uh, trend. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Celtics host the Clippers tonight. Tip-off is at 7.30. Jalen Mills, Adrian Phillips, Marcus Jones, Damian Harris, and Jack Jones all missed practice today as the Patriots prepare for the Dolphins on New Year's Day. Thursday night football tonight is between the Titans and the Cowboys. Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard are out. Josh Dobbs is starting over Malik Willis for the Titans. You can hear that game right here with coverage starting at 7.30 on WEEI. And don't miss Gresh, Razor, and Milbury Tuesday, January 2nd. From 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. broadcasting on location at Timeout Market in Fenway, just down the street from the park. It's the WEEI Classic Broadcast on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I would say the biggest difference between Bill and... uh, and Staley's relationships. He has relationships with every single player on the team. Uh, it's really impressive how he can work a room. Uh, he's got everybody number on, in their favorites. He can call them right then and there. And any player he reaches out, you know, it, it, I respect that. And and to in this new age of players, you got to do that. And he's done a great job of that and I'm not saying Bill I have a great relationship with Bill but not everybody does and so I would say that's the biggest difference is the relationship base that Staley forms versus Bill okay that was Kyle Van Noy former Patriots linebacker current Chargers linebacker and uh, had a stop with the Dolphins in between there he was on the Pat McAfee show and was asked the difference between Bill Belichick and Brandon Staley his uh, current coach and that was his answer. Interesting answer. Uh, Staley has relationships with every player on the team. He's got everyone's number in his favorites. In the new age of players, you have to do that. And then he says, I have a great relationship with Bill, but not everyone does. And I would say that's the biggest difference. Um, your thoughts? You know what struck me upon seeing that? First of all, uh, Kyle Van Noy did a really cool interview with me back, what, two jobs ago? Or no, uh, my, my previous job. Uh, he's a big gamer, actually. So he likes to video uh, games. Yeah, yeah, big video okay. game guy. So uh, uh, he he's uh, part of this local gaming company called Xset, and they do uh, you know, they sign on a bunch of uh, athletes and and uh, you know music personalities and stuff like that. So hey, ni- nice little side note thing for Kyle Van Noy. Does he play those weird esports games that I've like never heard of? Like all these people are so nasty at these games. I've never seen these games like, before. Like Val- Does he play yeah, like, like Valiant and, and stuff? Two like, K and stuff. Like, so it's like the esports game, like Valiant okay. or like whatever. I or, or, or Va- I think it's Valorant. Valorant. My Valorant. Bad. I called it Valiant. It's it's a Valorant. Um, and then like Call of Duty, like I think he's a bigger he's a bigger Call of I Duty. I tapped out person. on all that like in the Halo era of yeah. like the first Xbox. That's when I sort of was like, okay, this is these yeah. people, these guys are too guy can't play with them. Yeah. <laughs> but but okay, so so the thing that I thought of when when he said that was his coaches mm-hmm. and the things that we've heard about. And I'm talking about Belichick here. The things that we've heard about Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels and Joe Judge and all that when they've left the Patriots and gone elsewhere to be head coaches. One of the biggest knocks on them were their interpersonal relationships, their dealings with the media, their dealings with the players. Where do you think they learned that from? And I was down at the Combine this this past year. I was down there when Josh McDaniels was was talking to the media as as the the Las Vegas Raiders head coach, one of his first times talking to the media uh, as the Raiders head coach, and he and he admitted that he said like, "Hey, look, I learned a lot about you know interpersonal relationships and things that I could have done better the first time, basically, and you know I'm going to try to do better this time around." And it, it it strikes me as interesting that Van Noy would would say that because of of again this track record of the coaches. It's not just that they fail because mm. they're X's and O's guys, but because they are trying to emulate somebody who is 
kind of cold and calculated in the way that he deals with things. If the moment you earn a dollar more than he thinks you should be earning, you are gone. He is. You will find somebody else, an undrafted free agent or a sixth-round pick, to take your job. Nothing personal, but bye. I know. I like how Van Noy talked about his great relationship with Bill. It's like Bill cut you twice. Like you know, yeah. like, it wasn't. I don't know how great he thinks it still is, but you know, it was a, a point in time where Bill Bill got tired of it and said, "No, nope, you can." Uh, he released him the second time, and he was good that second year. He had a bunch of pass breakups. I remember he was he was a good play in that second stint, and they cut him in the spring, and that was that. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how great that relationship is, but maybe that's what he considers a good relationship. You know, yeah, he cut me a bunch of times, but you know, we we sort of saw eye to eye, and it seems like maybe with a lot of younger players and uh, and and other guys who aren't you know Patriots guys, Bill guys, uh, that that's not really the case. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that might be part of it. It's like Bill Bill Belichick maybe has that understanding with his players that hey, look, you know, yeah, I might cut you or whatever, but it's not personal. It's just. You know, I'm trying to do what's best for the football team and, and, and kind of in mm. that Bill Belichick way that he always does things. And, and, and I'm sure it's not personal. He doesn't have vendettas against guys that, that he cuts. Like, you're terrible and, and you're like berate you on the way out the door. But I do think that, I mean, the Mike McDaniels, though obviously you have you know, questions about Mike McDaniel and his relationships with, with players after right. the way that this Tua thing's been handled. But the way that he approached Tua... And, and the way that he went about building him back up after the rough couple of years that he had with Brian Flores and, and with the, the bevy of offensive coordinators and such that, that he had. And then you hear this about Brandon Staley. And you hear about some of these other coaches, these beloved, you know, quote-unquote, players' coaches, right, that, are, that are, everybody loves to play for, even if they're not always you know, great tactical coaches, like a Mike Tomlin, right? You could look at Mike Tomlin sure. as, a, as a guy like that who's not necessarily new age. He's been in the job for a minute. But he's a guy that it seems like everybody they are they love to play for that guy, even though he makes questionable decisions with his clock management or his his offensive you know coordinators. Matt Canada is over there, right. you know, uh, or you know, those three straight games. years he never put anyone on Rob Gronkowski and just let him run free in the in the secondary. That was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> some it, interesting coaching. Yeah, but but you can foster goodwill. Yeah, you know, if you're going to be good at you got to be good at something, right? And and I feel like. You, it's not necessarily always an either or. Sometimes you can be good tactically and really good at your job in terms of X's and O's. But it's like you got you got to be good at something. And if you're not if you're not good at the tactical part, you better re- be really good at interpersonal relationships and figuring out who is good at the tactical stuff. Yeah. But like Bill Belichick has always been known for being really good tactically and and the preparation and you know also being able to find players that that fit well in his scheme but how many times have you ever heard like oh yeah bill belichick's a great guy i love that dude he's awesome you know i'd do anything for him or what have you not to say that there aren't people out there that think that because i don't want to put words in people's mouths I, I shouldn't do that but that that's not usually what you hear about him you usually hear like yeah i mean he demands a lot and he kind of knows how to push the right buttons and stuff like that he to- knows so much about football and oh he's won so much and he's so account that's what you hear about bill belichick it's not yeah. you know oh he really inspires me to run through a while he's not dan campbell or somebody like no. that you know like that and you don't he, wanna, he never really has you don't want to disappoint the guy because he's the greatest coach of all time right. that's the vibe he gives off yeah and it's earned i mean it's not like it's not but uh, you do sort of wonder when it comes to these players, this quarterback situation even right now. You have a pretty unpersonable head coach, and 
running who the breed, offense. Who breeds other unpersonable coaches. Right, who are back now running the offense. You know, like Matt Patricia, when he went to Detroit, is exactly what you were just describing. He went there and alienated everybody. Uh, the Lions, what they were saying about him after he got fired, I've never seen that before. I've never seen players cheering like that on social media over a uh, over a coach getting yeah. canned. They were giddy when that happened. Um, Joe Judge, it wasn't quite as bad. I think it was a little more like, what the hell's wrong with this guy than we don't like you and you're an a-hole. You know, like, I don't think Joe Judge is an a-hole, but I do think he's kind of a he's kind of a goof, you know? So, somebody, <laughs> somebody walked back a comment earlier. I can't remember who it was, but somebody was talking about the difference between Brian Dable and, <laughs> and, and Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're playing more, you know, playing loose, we're having more fun. Like, not like when Joe Judge was there. And then somebody was like, oop, did I say that out loud? And then they were kind of just like, hey, like, I didn't really mean that. Like, you know, Joe Judge is a good guy or what have you. I, I got to see... <laughs> Where where that was from? But somebody said that, that earlier. That was McCourty, I think, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that was Devin, that was McCourty. Devin McCourty when he was on TV. Yeah, that's yes. right. That was yeah. when he filled in for CBS Sunday or uh, you know CBS Football Sunday or whatever it was. Yeah, and then and then he came back and we were asking about him at practice. Yeah, what, what about those comments you made about Joe? Just like, hey, look, man, that wasn't really like I wasn't trying to say all that. And, and, yeah, and what, he was and on NFL you. Today. That's right, he was on the NFL Today post game show, and he said he's a player's guy. I saw Xavier McKinney, and he talked about Dayball in the building, easy going, fun time, different from when Judge was there. And I think all the players are enjoying it, and they're playing hard for Dayball right now. Um, yeah, I mean that's listen. I think that Dayball first of all, just seems like a more fun guy. Like when Joe Judge got there, he had this big hardo speech about how he was going to reflect like the blue collar, New Jersey, upstate New York background of all these players in the team. And everyone That's was like, so on brand. Dude, what are you talking about? So on brand. <laughs> Shut up. Just coach the team. Like, no one cares about the blue collar, the New Jersey, like just win some games. That's what we want to see. No one cares about any of this other crap. And I feel like Dayball is just a lot more genuine. You know, just he seems like more of a genuine guy. Uh, he's easier to, he's easier to sort of like. And not only that, the team much better so there's that it seems like wherever these guys leave uh whether it's detroit whether it's the giants no matter who it is as soon as they leave the team gets better i'm asking just to be a little respectful in this whole process okay that thing is going to follow him everywhere you know matt patricia i feel like matt patricia's gone out of his way to be like super nice this year too have you noticed that like he's really polite he's got a smile on his face you know he's really trying to shake that whole thing but it's too late it's going to follow him forever i mean negative question there tom I mean, it, it, it probably is, you know, earn, earned or unearned, which, I mean, most of it is probably going to be earned. Yeah. And, I mean, look, he, he's entitled to try and, and change things in the same way that, that Josh McDaniels is. I mean, I think Josh McDaniels was trying to be cognizant of things that he could have done better, um, you know, that first time around. And, I mean, that, that's the whole point. Like, it, after a certain amount of time, like, it, it's okay to look at it and be like, okay, this guy has earned a second chance, um, you know, to, to get a little bit better at the job. But again, you know, I'm I'm looking at just the the track record here, and and what what has been one of the common denominators of I mean, even if you want to look at Brian Flores, mm. right? Who I think Brian Flores is a really good football coach, but you look at the things that that were being said and the way that the mixed messages were being sent to Tua, and the way that that again it felt like he was being torn down and alienating some of the offensive staff, and 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 that that whole thing that contributed to him not being the head coach of the Miami Dolphins anymore. And you could get away with that kind of thing when you're Bill Belichick and you have won as much as you've won and you have that reputation as being the greatest of all time. And it's in, in, in the, that reputation is earned. He did all those things. Yeah. Okay, and you could talk about, yeah, Tom Brady was there. He hasn't won anything without Brady. Find me a head coach that's won without good players. 
Find me a head coach that is one without with with a mediocre roster, right? Even yeah. if it's a mediocre quarterback, that usually means you have a really really good defense. Yeah, Joe right? Gibbs had some great teams around those mediocre quarterbacks. Yeah, with you so know? so it's like I I don't I don't want to hear you know people being like oh Bill Belichick like he's just totally mediocre. Brady carried him. It's like. He was part of that, too. He deserves that reputation for doing what he did because he was a part of it. But, I mean, it's okay to talk about the fact, and, and I mean, it's to me, it doesn't strike me as sour grapes so much as Kyle Van Noy is like, hey, I mean, this is, this is what it is. I played for both guys. I mean, th- these are one of the differences I've noted. Just the fact that he's not a great interpersonal guy, or, or maybe he might not be. I, again, don't want to put this in the Patriots players' mouths. I'm sure that, that they probably would say different things. Mm-hmm. Um but just because what cut? Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> right. it's like one guy said that he's not a great interpersonal coach doesn't mean he's a bad coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just means he's better at the other stuff than he is at other things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Eddie's in the car. Go ahead, Eddie. Hey guys, how are you? Hey Eddie. You know, I I, I I can't help but wonder if the Boston media is probably to blame for creating this monster. Because, you know, Bill come in here. And um, you know, one won three you know, Super Bowls. Super Bowl, <laughs> yeah. I under I understand that, but he didn't win him. He didn't win him on the first day. He didn't win him in the first year. And I just think that Second people year. need to be held accountable. And I cannot stand him because he never answers anything. We still don't know what happened with Malcolm Butler. We personally, I can't stand Bill, and I was one of his biggest supporters. I just can't stand him because he ran Brady out of town, and this guy doesn't think he has the answer to anybody. Well, you know what? When you start losing and then you hire a defensive coach to run your offense, you're going to have to start answering some tough questions. And you know what? If he doesn't get his stuff together, he may find himself out of a job. People think we're crazy, but I'm going to tell you something. Everything has a beginning, and everything has an ending. It does. Thanks for the call, Eddie. Um, now's as good a time as any to sort of uh, bring this up since Eddie broached the subject, and I was planning to anyway. If the Patriots get bounced this weekend, lose to Miami, out of the playoffs, um, that would represent such a massive step backwards from what they built last year. And we sort of touched on this at the end of the last segment, Kyrie, so I think that it's fair to sort of ask the question in a broader sense now. If if you or Robert Kraft or Jonathan Kraft, whoever it is making this decision, and you think that Mac Jones is the guy that you want to invest in, you're a fan of Mac Jones, you want him to be the quarterback here, and you want to sort of foster an environment for him where he can succeed, is it fair going from a playoff team, not really a good one, but a playoff team to a team that's now missed the playoffs and seems to be trending back downwards, is it fair to start talking about moving on from Bill and bringing in a new head coach with a new offensive philosophy and letting Mac Jones sort of start over with that? I mean, it's fair to talk about it. I just don't – I don't know. I just feel like I have a hard time thinking it's going to happen because, okay, like you've had had two years without – or there's a third year now without Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. I mean – this is what it is sometimes for other NFL franchises. It just takes a while to rebuild the thing and to to be like, okay, well, you haven't you haven't gotten us back to the Super Bowl within 3 years, like you're terrible, done with you. I feel like that's probably reactionary, especially given the fact that this guy does have so much cash, you know, so much, you know, track record in the league of of winning and being able to put together winners and the fact that he got to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback last year and they were able to, I mean, obviously it didn't end well. Right. But I just I I feel like I, I'm not looking at it as them siding with either one right now. But I think that 
I would be interested to see if the Crafts are like, okay, look, I'm not trying to move on from Mac Jones right now. So, Bill, find a way to make it work. We know you can make it work. You made it work in his rookie year. Why don't you just go back and and do that? And the thing is, I feel like Bill Belichick is probably closer to that Mm. than he is to saying, I mean, is my guess. I think he's probably closer to that than saying, nope, we got to get, we got to be done with Mac. He's not getting it done. He's terrible. Dirtiest player in the league, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I think that it's mostly like, hey, look, we tried to do this whole market inefficiency thing with, you know, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge because they were here and we couldn't get Bill O'Brien. We didn't have these other options. We tried it out. It didn't work. Let's give this another try because ultimately this guy is about value, right? That's his thing. He's a, He's always been about value. And right now he's in the third year with the quarterback in his rookie contract who's proven that he can play competent football in the NFL. That There's still a lot of value there. Yeah. So, so I, to me, it's not a matter of, oh, yeah, we got to decide which one we're rolling with right now. Yeah, that's I mean, that, I that, that's fair enough. And I do think that Bill has uh, been largely the architect of this defense, which is the reason why this team's not a lottery team right now. Yes. And that's an important factor to consider as well. Um, you, you, I think the, another question that's worth asking here is who had a worse year, Mac Jones or Bill Belichick? Because I think it's clearly Bill Belichick. I think Mac yeah. Jones had, took a step backwards, but if you look at like he took the a mistakes, step backward because of Bill because Belichick of Bill Belichick, exactly. I mean, that's a big reason why. And even if you look at his steps backwards that he took here, just the the amount of f ups that you can pin directly to Bill and his uh, decision making are really more than I can remember before. And you know, it's, it's sort of a question of well, who should get punished for this? Like who who needs to answer for it? Like the caller said, you know, Bill doesn't answer to anybody. Well, eventually you have to. Because the future of this team could be at a crossroads right now, and whether you want to, you know, pick one guy or pick the other guy, I think at some point Mac Jones needs to get a, a fair shake here. And if it's just, well, we're going to keep letting Bill do whatever he wants and bringing in guys and sort of hoping that something sticks, then I feel like you're you're not really giving Mac Jones a, a fair chance to be the future quarterback of this team. You know, it's interesting too. You brought up the the, the media thing that the media has created the monster. Mm. I mean. And I mean, I don't know that I can really speak to this since I've only been there for what two years, you know, doing this on a, on a full time basis. Yeah. But it's like, look, he he does and does he does or doesn't do whatever he feels like. I mean, the media asks the questions. I mean, guys are trying to figure out what's going on with this whole offensive coordinator thing going back to the spring and who's calling plays, why they did this, why they benched Bailey Zapp, or why they benched Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi in the Bears game. These questions are getting asked. But the thing is, I mean, this is part of, of his persona and part of what he does. He's, he, I don't have to answer to the media, right? If I don't want to answer the media, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I will be as you know, kind of cagey or condescending as I feel like being because I'm Bill Belichick, basically like – I, I pay myself in a lot of ways. Right. You know, it's like I'm the general manager I, and the head coach. I'm the judge, jury, executioner, even if, you know, technically Ro- that's Robert Kraft mostly, right? So I, I, I think that, you know, that's not really on the media. That's him. That's what that's what he has done. And to an extent, you could say, like, that maybe what the media has allowed him to do. But we can't control what he answers and what he doesn't answer. Yeah. We can phrase things however many millions of ways we want to <laughs> phrase it and, and try to trap him or what have you. But ultimately, he's just going to give us the same one sentence answers that he feels. Like, uh, I don't know. It's like, of course, you know, right. we all know, you know, no particular reason why we benched Kendrick Bourne. Like, OK, great. That's great, Bill. <laughs> you know what? That makes it worse, doesn't it? No reason. We just benched him for no reason. I mean, That's then, awesome. Yeah. yeah then, then I'm sorry. It, like <laughs> if, if if that were actually true then that would be indefensibly ridiculous. It would. But 
he's only saying no particular reason because he doesn't want to tell us. Right, because he doesn't want to throw Patricia under the bus any more than maybe he already has. Uh, let's go to the phones here before the break. Andy is in Hudson. Go ahead, Andy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, Andy. Hey, uh, just that last caller. I wonder if he was okay when uh, and and shouting Belichick's praises when he cut Loya Malloy and Richard Seymour is he knows when to get rid of everyone at the right time. You know, because it's like this is the way he's always done business. He thought Brady was done. He let him go. That's just the way it goes. Sure, you know, but Andy, right, Andy, 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 hold on one second, Andy. Uh, when he let Laura Malloy go, Rodney Harrison was on the team, right? Yeah. When he let Ty Law go, there was Asante Samuel. Like, there was no backup plan. There was no succession plan for Tom Brady. That's a huge difference. Uh, to a degree, but if you're going to say that, then why don't we have a Logan Mankins, uh, Coppin, or uh, Matt Light? Why hasn't he replaced those guys? Because, you know, we had great uh, offensive linemen when Brady was here as well, and we don't have that anymore. Sure, but those guys played for a long time, and then he did replace them. I mean, he drafted uh, the kid from Colorado and, um, you know, David Andrews and Shaq Mason and all these guys. You know what I mean? It's like he did draft offensive linemen, and they did come in and win championships. So it's not as though, uh, you know, once Mankins and Light retired that uh, and Coppin retired that the offensive line just went to crap. Like, there was a couple of lean years there, uh, the DeGuglielmo years, I like to call them. But then, uh, you know, then everything got right back to where it was before. That's not – you can't compare that to Tom Brady. You can't compare that to this botch job that was the Tom Brady succession plan. There's no – there's nothing you can compare it to in the history of the Patriots. I'm sorry. There, there was, uh, since there was, Belichick's okay. got here. It's like, it's like, okay, bye, Tom. Thank you for your service. And now, um, oh, nobody wants to play here. Hey, Cam, Cam, what, what you got going on? You want you want to play? You hey, it? it's the Fourth of July. I thought I wasn't going to be playing in the NFL. As you know, Cam, you can come play here for a million dollars. Okay, great. And then they draft the guy the next year, and you know it's it's not working out that great either. So I think the succession plan uh, was a total mess uh, on the part of Bill Belichick, and that's very different from Lawyer Malloy and Ty Law and Richard Seymour, all those guys. At least you had a backup plan with those guys. This was a car crash. Yes. I mean, he had not he had nothing here for Tom Brady. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. When we come back. Uh, the Mac Jones, is he a dirty player conversation ratchets up a little bit and a player who he was compared to uh, living oh up boy. to his reputation oh in the yeah. NBA last night. We'll get to all that next. I'm Four forty-eight here, Sports Radio WEEI. Christian Arcan, Kyrie Thompson. Nice to have you with us here today. The phone number six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Um, the uh, the calls for Mac Jones to repent for his dirty play have been louder and louder except uh not on these airwaves on these airwaves today we heard from the playmaker michael irvin who joined uh, fitzy and hart and michael irvin the first guy i've heard say this locally nationally anywhere michael irvin doesn't believe that mac is a dirty player jackson do we have this yes we do have it y'all know grace Allen, right yep. <laughs> oh we do <laughs> it's kind of Right on that edge. Right on that edge. He's not the most physically gifted, you know, uh, but he plays right on that edge. I, I, I think I think Mac Jones is just a fighter. He's not a, you're not the most physically gifted and he kinda of plays right on that edge also. That's the only chance he has. So yeah, yeah. I, I hate to call a quarterback a dirty player. I mean really. Can you even call a quarterback a dirty player? I mean, you see that one time in a billion years. You won't see it again because they're running from plague. They're running from hit, and everybody's protecting them from it. So how can we even – it just – it doesn't fit. 
It just doesn't fit to say, oh, he's a dirty player. He just dropped him back three, five, and seven and throwing the ball. You won't see a ten, another thing like that again for the next 10 years. Okay. That Michael Irvin, playmaker, respect his opinion and everything, but I'm not sure I agree with the logic of it. He can't be a dirty player because he's a quarterback? Of course he can. Just because you can't think of other dirty quarterbacks doesn't mean that he's not a dirty player. Like, all you have to do is make dirty plays, and you're a dirty player. Rodney Harrison was a great player, but he was a dirty player. He was voted the dirtiest player in the league every year by the by the rest of the league. So I think that, you know, there's a, there's a fine line between being a dirty player who's also good and a guy that you want on your team and a dirty player who sucks and who puts other guys in danger because he's out there, uh, you know, maybe getting retaliated against. Well, I think it's interesting because I think part of, of Mike's comment there was that he can't be a dirty player because he doesn't have that many opportunities to be dirty. Like, like Rodney right. Harrison, I mean, he could he would be hitting somebody on every single play, doing something, launching into somebody, mm-hmm. hitting you at the bottom of the pile, twisting your ankle, or, or, or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, every single time he's out there on defense. And Rodney also played, like, his, sorry to interrupt, but his career spanned the time when you could hit like that to the time when you couldn't. Yeah. You know, like, he had to adjust his game and the way he played and everything. In San Diego, I mean... You know, he was he was a wild man there. And in the beginning with New England he was too, but then eventually they changed the rules and that, you know, was tough and on you gotta him. learn and you gotta learn yeah. how to play. I mean, Brandon Browner's kind of another one right. where, where maybe he wasn't dirty, but I mean he's holding you like all over the place. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, he, he probably never had a, a, a pass coverage rep where he didn't hold a guy or commit <laughs> pass interference. They only just got called some of the time. Uh, for him they got called a lot. But I mean with with him, I think that the idea is that okay, most of the time you don't even have positions that you're in where you where you can be dirty. The problem is that almost every time Mac Jones is in a position where he could do something questionable, he does, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like he slides with his cleats up and and you know takes out Jaquan Brisker and you know hits him in the family jewels. Takes out his children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, no kid, no kids for you, bud. Uh, and then, and then the the Brian Burns play absolutely did not have to do that. They were not anywhere near the play. The play was so far away from them; it was like ten yards behind them. Mm-hmm. You, the, nothing that Mac Jones did on that play or, or Brian Burns did on that play was going to have a lot of impact on whether or not that fumble was recovered. I'm pretty sure it was already recovered by the time Brian Burns was even right. going to go head in that direction. So there was no there was no reason, and that had no bearing on the play. What he did. You know, he could he could say, "Oh yeah, the play was still alive. It was in front of me. I was trying to stop that guy from getting to Taekwon. Nothing that he did on that play was going to meaningfully, you know, Im- impede that guy from getting to Taekwon. Taekwon runs a four two. He wasn't getting caught from behind. He was running all out. Eli Apple's not catching him. Okay, it's not happening. So again, I kind of view it from from that lens. Every time he's in that situation where he something could be done questionably, he's playing on the edge. I get you. He's got to be Mister Fiery competitor and mm-hmm. all that." But every single time, man, like you said, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck. Starting to think it's a duck. Yeah. Brad Marchand. You know, you want to take a crossing sports here, but like Brad Marchand for most of his career was criticized for that exact same thing. But the difference is Brad Marchand turned himself into one of the best wingers in the league uh, and one of the best goal scorers in the league. So you, you deal with it. You put up with it and you say, well, that's just part of his game. With Mac Jones, I'm not sure he's good enough to, to say that about yet. Um, you was heard Trent Dilfer dirty? Was Trent Dilfer dirty? Yeah, he's the only only quarterback to ever be ejected from a game for being dirty. Then yeah, nice. Trent Dilfer, dirty yeah. as sin, dirty as uh, dirty as yeah. a big uh, pile of yeah. mud. And and I guess the thing <laughs> with, with Mac is that I mean, look, the things he's done by and large haven't been so egregious that you're just like, oh my god, that's right. horrible. But 
Still questionable. Still definitely questionable. Uh, by the way, you heard Michael Irvin invoke the name of maybe the dirtiest player in sports right now. That'd be Grayson Allen, <laughs> um, who is a, uh, a shooting guard from Milwaukee, I think is who he still plays for. And the Bucks were playing the Bulls last night. And Grayson, I don't know if you saw this play, Kyrie, but... Uh, I saw it, yeah. So, um, what's his name? Uh, Allen comes over to set a pick. And he's setting a pick on uh, on the... Uh, oh, my God, I can't remember anybody's name. DeMar DeRozan. Now. DeMar DeRozan, thank you very much. And uh, while he's going over to set the pick, the guy who's on Allen's back kind of shoves him a little bit, and Allen goes flying. He flopped a little bit, but he goes flying into DeRozan. And forearm shivers DeRozan in the back of the head. And DeRozan goes straight down. Now, I think that Allen flopped, obviously. I think DeRozan flopped Might a little flopped bit there, little. too, and was trying to get a call. But he jumps back up. Everyone's uh, all mad at Grayson Allen. He's like, well, what did I do? Like because, he always does. Because part of it is those teams got history. Yes. Because Allen... Um, like broke Alex Caruso's Caruso. elbow last year by undercutting him on on a, on a layup and taking him out. And that that w- had people really upset. Yeah, and Caruso was on the bench uh, uh, for like a whole month like in this game months, last night. Yeah. But yeah, he missed all that time. And um, yeah, everybody hates Grayson Allen. Anyway, they hated him since he played at Duke. Um, let's listen to uh, Stacy King, who I believe is the Bulls' local broadcaster. What he thinks should happen to Mac Jones? Or excuse me, to Grayson Allen. Man. This is why people have a problem with Matt Jones. Tell you something. <laughs> Somebody needs to give him a two-piece. I guarantee he'll stop doing that. Somebody pop him upside his head a couple times. He'll stop doing that because he's getting away with this too much. Constantly. He does this all the time. And look at his teammates. They know what's going on. They know what's going on. He's got a history. The, what he did to Alex Caruso last year was, a dirty, was dirty, and it turned the bull. Poli- you can it, apologize yeah. for it as often as you, you want. You can send and a I card. Don't, I don't doubt yes. that, that there is some remorse in that guy for it. But Man, why do you none. keep doing things There's no remorse. over He's been and doing over it. and over? He's been doing it since Duke. Since Duke. He had He's four different it. incidents at Duke. Watch this. He's had multiple incidents in the NBA. See, look. Boom. And he just add that is completely unnecessary. Matt Jones, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. Hello. <laughs> um, Hello. That's Stacy King, by the way. Stacy uh, King is one of the homerest of, of Homer broadcasters in the sport. I don't even. I don't ever world. remember Tommy Heinsohn saying that someone needs to hand Get Bill Ambeer a two piece special. <laughs> I know he probably was thinking it. Johnny Most might have said that back in the day, but I don't know. I mean, that Chicago, was Chicago. Just breeds these guys, man. Yeah. Hawk Harrelson. Hawk <laughs> yeah, Harrelson true. was just like any any time uh, a White Sox player get a get, gets ejected, he's like that guy needs to be fired. Yeah. Um, So there you go. Mac Jones, the Grayson Allen of the NFL. You know what? Uh, I can sort of see it. I know this sounds weird and you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but I can sort of see it. You know, like, you know how you know how Grayson Allen just sort of has that that look like Mac kind of has that look. You know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of sort of this like little young look of like John Stockton had it back in the day. You have to be like a little young looking white guy. If you're if that in pro sports and you have to do like dirty stuff and if you do you're never that's all you'll ever be. All I'm gonna say is <laughs> Matt, look Mac Jones I I, gen, I generally don't think it's it's that bad though this last play like I'm sorry I, I can't really get behind it. Um, I, I feel like him to be like very blah and vanilla generally most of the time. Grayson Allen has like a top two punchable face in all of sports history, and I don't think he's number two. <laughs> I wouldn't say, yeah, Max not Max not at the uh, he's not as punchable. I, I mean, I mean, oh although my you God, know what, please. ask Eli Apple. Eli Apple might have a different answer for like, it. Like, like, come on, who who hasn't wanted to see Grayson Allen get a two piece? I mean, I I have, and I don't even care about you know Duke or anything else. But yeah, you just you look at him. 
Every, Somebody needs to give him a two-piece. Yeah, exactly. Amen, Stacey King. Although, I don't know. I don't know if the, uh, the color commentator needs to be calling for violence against No, no, no. no. He, re- he, really, he really doesn't. Stacey, uh, watch <laughs> Maybe yourself. chill there, Stacey. Yeah, a l- l- little bit. And, and we, we, sh- we should chill, too. We should not be. We should not advocate for violence. Absolutely uh, not. Against players. We, we don't actually want to see that. I no. do not want to see Grayson Allen get popped on TV. That'd be a bad look for the sport. Did you see Mo Wagner? Get hit in the I head. most certainly did, and uh, I that saw what he did to Killian Hayes too, right before yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that, all, was, that uh, was all bad. Yeah, that was almost another Malice in the Palace there. <laughs> so, oh my goodness! So somebody called the like Disney version of Malice in the Palace, <laughs> like a kids' bop version of Malice. Oh in the my Palace. goodness! I, I, I got, I got, I got to find what it was called because <laughs> that was that was just a heck of a name. That's pretty funny. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. There's your phone number. Final hour coming up. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.